Okay. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, there was a, a issue. Small little thing there. Ah, nothing big. Okay. Just what the what the what? Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know which one of these is right. I guess we're gonna find out. I can figure it out, but hey, that was the one. I was gonna say I can figure it out, but guessing is more fun. I say Creed I mean, comes to town here fun. soon. What? I say Creed comes to town here soon. Creed comes to town here soon. Well, next August. Was it the nineteen ninety nine tour or something? Yeah, summer ninety nine tour. Next yeah. August. August of twenty four in St. Louis. Tic- go. I'm going. Our tickets, tickets go on sale tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yep. Yeah, ours too. You you let me know the price. Chris, Ryan, and Dan would like to welcome you to Beerfield. It is episode 458. We are here post-trade deadline during Thursday night football to discuss trades, injuries, mid-year check-in, and all that fun stuff. I am your host at Beerfield Hop with two Peace, joined by at Beerfield Theory and at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. Ryan, Nick? welcome to the show. Hi. Well, <laughs> Nick? Let's... Nice little callback. Episode one? Nick, episode one, yep. Episode one, Nick? That was, my, that was me. That was what I was being for vocal Halloween. Ah, I like it. How was your guys' Halloween? Uh, pretty good. We had some you know, cold as hell, but we had some trick-or-treaters, and, you know, it was solid. You don't get trick-or-treaters. No, you don't. At all. No, you would. fumble? No, we yeah. don't get trick or treaters. We don't have light. Our lights doesn't even work. Turn on anyways, and now we're good. <laughs> so fix it. Uh, I don't want to question. No, no. How much candy kids. did you buy forty percent off the day after? Uh that is too it. much. Yeah, we got like because that's the real adult thing to do. Is did uh, you did you know buy- they sell the snack size bags of cookie dough bites? No. Yeah, those uh, actually that's, that's come in something other deal. than the movie theater size. <laughs> the, the gigantic box. I had no idea. Love it. But as I said when I was impersonating Nick, we do have a lot to to get to. Uh, there's been some firings. There's been some some season altering injuries. There's been some trades. There's, uh, of course, the normal week to week stuff, and then. Uh, we got some interesting trade timelines to talk about, and then maybe real, maybe fake. Some value. Well, no, I'm the real one, but also the fake one. And we got some value <laughs> propositions to go over there. Maybe real, maybe fake. <laughs> maybe real, maybe fake. And then uh, we're gonna do a mid-year check-in, really over the last five, six weeks or so. See how players are trending. See if there's any narratives that we need to reset, uh, and go from there. So, uh, without further ado, though. Uh, we're drinking beer. Uh, by the way, the show is not sponsored by Creed, even though we were advertising their tour in the beginning. We just we want to take them higher. <laughs> Absolutely. 
couple other things to get into here before we start. Uh, for friends, fans out there, rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Um, sad news a, this weekend. We had a uh, a a trivia category dedicated to Mister Mister Perry. Sweet. And I uh, I've been on a let's watch Chandler Bing highlights on YouTube <laughs> and other things. And doing so got me a lot of the answers correct. There's a lot of things I did not know. That's probably how they remember. made. It's actually probably how they made the questions. I just yeah, Chandler Bing highlights. That was uh, we were at a party. I was very sad. I thought it was fake because I, I I saw it pop up on Twitter, but it was it was just random fucking people. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. But we we also did the same thing too. Oh, just sitting here, God, just hanging awful. out, and they're like, Matthew Perry died. I'm like, the hell he did. I'm like, why would he, why would he die? Like, bullshit, God. Yeah. He's not that old. Yeah. And it's true. And I'm very sad about it. Yep. Um, it's also sad that you actually have to question if something like that's real or not. That's also people get off on some weird things. Um, yep. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers on winning the world series and happy anniversary to the greatest day in sports seven years ago. Oh yes, the year I moved down here. It comes to all my Cubs friends. You're welcome. All right. (laughs) Every time. I don't care. What's fueling beer fueled? Danny, you look like you got a dainty little glass there. What's what do you got in that dainty little glass? Yeah. So it's been a minute since I've been out. Kick. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in my local Benny's, my local major liquor store, and I saw a little dandy from Moore Brewing. They're out of Chicago. Big fans. Good stuff. Um, ooh, this is their uh, Imperial Stout adjunct to make it act like a banana split. So strawberries, banana, vanilla, white chocolate clocks in at a hefty fourteen uh, percent. It's called wow. henna. Um, not not barrel aged at all. So this is a uh, very much a old, yeah, imperial style. Very much a heavy, heavy alcohol. No BA needed uh, to get it to that point. Um, spoiler: I did have a can of it at our Halloween party on Saturday. And I fucking love it. So I, I wanted to bring it on to the show. Stouts like these make me really nervous, especially from, especially when they're overly adjunct, because you can really dive into a world that it just comes up uh, fake, or sometimes I'll, I'll get metallic stuff from it. And that's really, you know, my own <laughs> issues, but it's just too thick, too sweet. Yeah, it can be too thick, too sweet, too fake. Um, more is pretty well known around our parts as a good adjunct or heavily dry hopped hazy brewery. Um, so, you know, they get their detractors because they're not of the, the beer purist worlds, but um, I've always been a fan of the stuff I've gotten from them. So I wanted to throw them on the show. Nice. Cool. I'm excited. really like their stuff. Yeah. Um. Speaking of detractors, I'm drinking Founders, which I'm not. Ooh, welcome <laughs> to my world. Hello. No, I, I I've been on a three year Founders boycott. 
Um, <laughs> I'm still going. Yeah, well, yeah, and I can't say I haven't drinking them between now and then because when things are given to me, the best beer is that's, free beer. That's uh, fair. This one was a part of a pick your six. I needed something else to fill it out, and I wanted a classic porter. So um, don't <laughs> see a lot of just classic porters, classic stouts, classic imperial stouts anymore. Um, so next few weeks, I'm going to be trying to bring more not heavily adjuncted winter beers, like the anti- antithesis of what Dan's doing right now. Yeah. Which is what I type. It's what I I typically don't because yeah. tonight I uh, the brewery that does our does our our trivia nights had a dunkle on. They've had a dunkle on the last oh. week and a half, and oh, it's dunkle. It's so fucking good. I, I I told the owner, the guy that does the primary brewing, that he needs to keep doing this because yeah, I love it. It's dunkle. done extremely well, very well. So so normally anyway. I drink that, but. Here we are. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm drinking. Porters, the uh, less roasty, sweeter cousins of stouts. So usually about 6%. Don't know. Didn't save the bottle to look at it. Didn't care. <laughs> it's fair. Touchdown, Derek Henry. Well, we are best friends because I am also drinking a Founders tonight. And I am drinking... Is it a Porter? No, it's not. Of course it's not. A it's not tropical hazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of I course. Know. I know. Of course. Of he'll, course. He'll... he'll... Get into the other ales, the other size of ales are out there. He's gonna show up with like a Munich Dunkel or bro. If uh, he winter, shows up with a like winter, a quad, winter warmer, or a Belgian Trapel <laughs> one day, it's gonna be a Rausch beer. Blow my mind. He's got a Rausch Rausch beer. He's gonna show up with a Rausch beer. I was like, God damn, Brian. All right. He went out and found a beer garden. So, yeah, I, I'm going. I'm writing yeah, this all yeah. down. What names do not not to drink? Because I'm gonna buy those ones anyway. Roush is the one style of beer I I typically don't like, and that's the smoke. I love them. You had you had a Roush beer in at the draft. Yeah, I had my. There's been some. There's been some I have found that I can uh, I can tolerate. Some of the homebrew that I brought up there, Ryan. One of them was a Roush beer. Oh, okay. The smoky. I I didn't mind it then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, The smoky. Okay. Yeah. That one I actually liked it. Yeah, it was really good. Smoke porters, I like. That's because you can mask the peatiness a little bit more with I'm the malt. I'm gonna do but a smoke dunkelweizen in here in a couple weeks. God, fuck. See, I would probably i I would try it. I I that sounds that sounds fucking good. I'm not gonna can't lie. Remember, can't remember if I'm doing that or the Munich dunkel next, but before the end of the year, that'll that'll happen. I mean, Munich dunkel is right up my alley. So, yeah. Anyways, sorry, Ryan. Go Anyways, uh, yeah. So I'm drinking Founders uh, Four Giants Tropical Treasure. Tropical Hazy IPA comes in at 7.5%. It's a tall boy, too. It's at uh, ounces. I thought Four Giants wasn't a hazy. No, this one's a different one. It's called t- Tropical Treasure. Okay, that okay, that's why. I was like, I, I don't remember Four Giants being a tropical yeah. IPA. That makes sense. No, I saw it, and I was like, ooh, I got to grab this one. So Four Giants is actually a really good, it's actually a really yeah. good beer. It is. Yeah, I it's actually thought base. about bringing that one on next. Yeah. As a transition right. from IPAs to colder beers. Indeed. All right. Well, before we view those after the news, before we get in, or after the trade doc, before we get into to catch up or whatever, mustard, something. Resetting narratives. That's what I was looking for. There you go. News.
All right. Uh, we're going to start off with the big news up front. Uh, Raiders fired head coach Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, and GM Dave Ziegler. Uh, and then shortly after it was announced that Aiden O'Connell is going to start for the Raiders for the foreseeable future, Jimmy G to the bench. A lot to unpack here. Um, obviously, Did you watch Monday night's game? Well, I watched him play the Bears, yeah, a couple weeks ago. I mean, the Raiders have been bad, and that offense has been bad. Um, McDaniels is always kind of a questionable hire, and then moving on from Carr to bring in to bring in Jimmy G. And this feels to me like with Jacobs on a one-year deal, they're finally ready to blow this thing up and actually go into a rebuild and just admit like, hey, that didn't work. And we hope we couldn't build around cars. So I hope that's what happens. Well, I don't say we hope, but yeah, Raiders fans. I mean, I hope for the sake of all my fantasy shares of Various Raiders. Well, Renfro is supposed to be a saint, and uh, I don't know if like the Raiders' phone line was cut in half or something. Every time they picked it up, like, how come no one's calling us? Oh, and then you see like a cord dangling there, you know? <laughs> Phones aren't ringing. Yeah, that's been a bad shit show. I just received this fax that someone wanted Hunter Renfro. Oh, crap. It's 404. <laughs> Damn, they sent me a telegram. H is <laughs> yeah. Not a, yeah. Sitting telegram, no less. What is this? 56. A Raven showed up saying that the Saints wanted Hunter Renfro. <laughs> but we're, three, the we're two days late. We're two days late. <laughs> How am I supposed to get this back up? This it, it, was, it was the Raven they sent was Dennis Pitta, though. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, smart on, on them, I think, to see what they got in Aiden O'Connell, though. Like, to yeah. really assess what you have at the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo was not the answer, was not going to be the answer. You're without car. You've got to reset their first, most important position in football. So see what you got in Aiden O'Connell. If you can successfully tank around him or if you think you can build around it, whatever the case may be, they should be in line for high draft picks. Smart on them to just like hit the reset, even in season, which is typically not ideal. Just hit the reset button and just kind of. Yeah. They've done this before. And oddly enough, they found, I mean, it wasn't because of poor performance. Obviously, Gruden was mid, a midseason fire for a lot worse reasons, but um, they're no, they're no stranger to this move, this, you know, type of reset. So, so as of right now, too, they are, they have the eighth overall pick. And they're not too far from getting, making it the third overall pick. I'm sure they'll keep losing. We've got a bunch of Cowboys fans angry right now. Still? Uh, Do they have no. the 26th overall pick? No, no, not that. Not that, Dan. Not that. Oh, okay, okay. Um, My God. No, somebody, like, rage quit and left a group and made some threats on their way out, and I just I didn't know anything about it, and I just said, huh, seems like, seems like a Cowboys fan, given the it anger sounds like a, it, it, and, uh Must that be Dallas, Dallas versus that, Philly pissed off a bunch of Cowboys fans. Barely was actually a 49ers fan. Oh, <laughs> I mean, same difference at this point. I don't know. Jesus Christ, Christ people. No, normally the angry people I run into that are completely belligerent are Dallas fans. So, yeah. Yeah. Or Eagles yeah. fans. Yeah, yeah, I give the Eagles a little more credit, though. Anyway, um, anything else on the Raiders? Not with me. 
Uh, by the way, if you're oh expecting God. like significant changes out of this, um, you know, Jacob's utilization might go up a little bit, but don't other than that. Um, I wouldn't expect wholesale offensive changes or things to magically get better. I mean, there's still going to be a dumpster fire. Hopefully Adams could, you know, can get more than one target or two a game. Uh, yeah, Maybe you'd between, think. you know, them and, you know, the money they spent on Jacoby Myers can actually be put to decent use instead of well, the hard part know, about that not is using Jacoby these guys. I think they forgot about Jacoby Myers. They forgot about both of them. They had one catch apiece. Well, like Jimmy Garoppolo threw perfectly to uh, Jacobs there the other day in the end zone that when it was supposed to go to Devontae Adams. So I didn't mind that because, I mean, he <laughs> underthrew him like by quite a bit. That's fucking guys. It's like, how do you underthrow like that? Like, he, and he then might... he, and then he had a wide open Adams too. That could have been like a 40, 50 yard touchdown easily and overthrows him by like, uh, actually I'm looking at it right now. It was a 60 yard touchdown and overthrew him by seven yards. Huh? Okay. I mean, did they now watch a game in the Super Bowl where he overthrew a wide open Niner that would have sealed the game effectively? So, oh, okay, was that Emmanuel Sanders? Yes. Was it Sanders? It was Sanders. I think it was Sanders. It was, it was yeah, Sanders. that sounds yeah. right. It was the year that the and he Broncos was like gone. Traded him over. It there. wasn't that far off. He was like right off his fingertips, but it was a miss. It was yep. a wide, wide open deep shot. Wide open miss. All right. Uh, changing gears. Vikings. Kirk Cousins torn Achilles. He is done for the year. Um, Vikings traded for Joshua Dobbs. Uh, the swap late around picks to get him in, and then I. Don't even remember the guy's name that's going to be starting. I apologize. Hall? Jaren Hall. Jaren Hall, yeah. Jaren BYU. Hall. It was their fifth-round rookie pick. Yeah. So he's three. He looks phenomenal. He's what? Is that he looks phenomenal. So, so he's what, 30? 30, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, 25. Um, no. So not great news. First and foremost, obviously, no. Cousins was Horrible having news. a really, really good year. Um, you rely on that passing game to support, from a fantasy perspective, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison. Um, and the running game really hadn't shown a, a whole lot. Now you're going to be on a fifth-round rookie quarterback in, in Joshua Dobbs, and that's just uh, some ceilings just got lowered with the Kirk Cousins Achilles injury. I think floor should be okay, but some ceilings just got significantly lowered in my opinion, unless you're Cam Akers or Alex Madison. It it lowers them too because the overall offense is worse. I'll put yeah. score and in, they're not known for efficiency to sustain so, drives. Yeah. 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 So this you can probably keep playing Hawk. You know, obviously Titans are can keep playing Addison, I agree, until Jefferson gets back. You're not. You can drop Osborne. You can drop Powell. Don't overreact. That's what you wish Garoppolo could be. No, yeah. yeah. You obviously have to go into this into this with okay. They're gonna. They're not gonna likely produce. I drop them all down. Like so. I drop them all down one level. Like you know. That's uh, yeah. I, I put yeah. Addison from a wide receiver two to wide receiver three. Jefferson goes to wide receiver two in my mind just as of right now. When he comes back, we'll see what. It's all gonna yeah. be based on how you know how KOC wants to craft this offense like is he going to make it to where he makes it very simplistic for hall 
makes it very easiest reads one side of the field or a levels read where, all right, buddy, you get one or two reads. That's it. And then run like, yeah. And then when Dobbs comes in probably next week and let's all, you know, balls out against the Falcons. Um, it, it's, uh, yes, this offense will look different. The defense has effectively been a top 10 unit the past three weeks, probably four weeks, really. Honestly, um, the offensive sorry. line has been fantastic. So I don't want to gloss over the the other piece of this, which is Nick. Yes, Mullins I'm sorry. He can come off of IR too, and that might be the best case scenario. I think if Dobbs picks up the offense quickly, I think he's a better case than Mullins. You think Dobbs Dobbs brings the mobility to help open up the offense, which is going to help. Like the way he played in Arizona was okay. It was very commendable, and I. I don't think Nick. I mean, sure, maybe Nick Mullins might be a better thrower of the football. I, I I'm not even sure if that's true. But I don't, I don't yeah, know. We don't know. Once you leave San Francisco, it seems like everyone falls well, apart. I don't know <laughs> if that's true. But I'm not sure if Dobbs be is even better either. Yeah, Mullins seems to be a better exact translation for the style of player that that Cousins is, as opposed to Dobbs or or Jaron Hall. With I mean, Cousins isn't mobile. Mullins isn't mobile. Doc. But if they, they if they like they both play pocket, but if they if they liked Mullins enough and knew that he was coming back probably early enough, I don't think they make a trade for Dobbs. If they no. trusted his health enough, which is the thing that I think that's might what I'm saying. Like, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. If they felt like that he was ready to return next week, which I believe is when he would be slated to return the same week as Jefferson, then yes, I think you can say with some confidence that they wouldn't have traded for him. This is probably more so on the fact that Bones is probably going to be out a bit longer, or maybe you know KOC thinks that Dobbs is a better fit for the offense they run around because they'll craft the same similar offense for Hall and Dobbs. Or maybe they wanted to give themselves more than one lottery ticket because the, I mean it's not like too, they gave yes. up enough to have yeah. to commit to. They gave to up Dobbs virtually nothing. Start. Yeah. They basically swapped late round picks. So I mean, which is it could why I'm very be, fine with this move. I could was just very be concerned. Get him in and let's evaluate the lottery yeah. tickets of the three guy of the three yeah. guys we now have and see yep. what's going to give us the best option here because they have a a very soft schedule for the next five games. So it gets very difficult after that with both your Lions games at Bengals, and then I think we have a split game with the Bears between the Lions. So this is going to be these next five games are going to be very very telling to where this offense is going to look at. But um, to go back to Cousins, <laughs> this is uh rough and you get to see you know what the community has been you know in support and it sounds like they're gonna they're gonna continue to try to keep them in house for next year and beyond and yeah it's it's rough it depends how bad their team starts going because uh i think if the team they're at pick 20 i think if i think even if they suck i i think they I think this makes it easier for them to want to retain Cousins. Cousins, if, if anything, you know, will be brought in as the one-year guy for next year as the rookie, you know, gets acclimated if they go that route, which I still think they will. Or he can be a somewhat player coach as he's still recovering from it, right? Because it's on his plant foot. So it, this isn't like, you know, this isn't like the Rodgers injury out, you know, also where you might see some residual, you know, post return. You might not have the same type of power driving the football until right. he gets up and running again. So it, it's uh it's 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 shitty. <laughs> like I, shitty. I I have been very consistent on my view of this whole situation 
uh, Ball Cousins and the Vikings that, that the Hopper can allude to and poke fun of. I, I've <laughs> I've had my I've had my fun with it as a person though. I've loved Cousins. Go and watch NFL a QB documentary on Netflix. It, it's you you will he, literally change your he perspective was at the on faci- this person. facility doing a trunk or treat event for kids. Yes, on the he's shown field the yeah, day yeah, after he yeah, tore his day after the day after he tore his Achilles rolling yeah, around. On he a he was literally leaving the field in Lambeau and talked to a, a Vikings fan, a young Vikings kid in the stands before he left. That's the type of person Cousins is, and whether he returns to the. No Vikings are not next year. I will a hundred percent root for wherever he lands, and I hope he stays here. And and I hope he, you know, you know, he can be a part of at least the next, you know, you know, next quarterback, you know, for next year, you know, moving forward. So, just I want to get takes, the piece out there. I don't want to just move on away from Cousins. Just it's sad that it takes something like this for Vikings fans to appreciate him. Yeah, Seriously. well, Vikings fans that pre- it wasn't instead of just wish casting that he's created and not on their team and wanting to be done with him and this and that and the other. Now he's hurt and all of a sudden you all like him. I'm just saying, yeah. like maybe you'd appreciate yeah. him. Maybe if you guys had appreciated him more, this wouldn't have happened. I had to get that. Yeah, so we would have you know then, coddled him a little bit more. He wouldn't have tore his Achilles. Yes. I mean, yeah, he does on grass, though. So if he didn't play in Lambeau Field this weekend on that one particular spot of the field, he maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, sad for for Cousins. And, you know, obviously we wish him all the best and a speedy recovery. And hopefully he can come back and do what he does at some point next season. Yeah. Um, Moving on, some trade deadline deals to note. Um, Detroit traded, uh, I believe, a sixth for Donovan Peoples-Jones. So watch their secondary receivers, really. Um, we had some discussion on you know, where DPJ might slot in. Marvin Jones obviously stepped away from the team last week. Um, you know, I, I does he supplant Josh Reynolds? Is this more of a, of a Jameson Williams thing? Either way, I'm glad that he's free and he's in Detroit and in an offense that doesn't ignore the passing game. Um, and hopefully can get some run there, but I, you know, is it an upgrade over what Reynolds has been doing or anything like that? I don't know. Ryan, your thoughts as a resident Lions fan. As Dan Campbell said, he said he was more worried about the depth that they had at the wide receiver position. And I can kind of see that because outside of Amon St. Brown, you, you just have a bunch of nobodies. And Jamison Williams starting to come back to his game. And like he was targeted three times. He caught two. The one he didn't catch was thrown behind him. I'll let that one kind of slide. But still, it wasn't, it's not the Jamison Williams that we want, but it also gives us another field structure that we need. So you can actually keep a rotation of uh, wide receivers going out. It's see, the way Camel wants to run the offense, is just keep rotating out in and out players. Dan and I had this discussion. And Dan made the field stretcher point too, so I wouldn't pull it up. He hasn't been on a field stretcher role in two years. DPJ hasn't been. Maybe he should be because his most sec- his most successful years were yeah, was on the outside. a boundary deep threat role. It's not even just it, a nine role. It's mm-hmm. it's a boundary receiver role. The big no, that's guy what he played at Michigan. 50, that's yeah. what he played at Michigan. Played at Michigan but his most successful NFL year wasn't doing that. Oh well, yeah, with Baker in twenty twenty. No, towards the end of the year. So his most successful NFL year was last year. With a mixture of Brissett and... With a mixture of, like, 
total bullshit playing an intermediate game. He went for 839 yards last year and three touchdowns. He was kind of that consistent player that I like to have around that's going to give you 60, 70 yards a game. Now, he was a lot more boom bust the year before. Same touchdown numbers, almost five more yards per or four more yards per reception. Uh, But, you know, 300 and some odd fewer yards and half the catches and about half the targets. So um, the intermediate role last year was where he actually kind of thrived and, and looked his best when they dropped him into that, you know, 12, 13, you know, 10 to 15 yard range instead of, you know, 15 plus. And that's where I think maybe he does slide in and give them something because we know that Amonra is going to work more, you know, short to intermediate, which he does really, really well. I mean, he's he's great at that game. And Jamison has the ability to field stretch. So maybe it is get a guy in to, to play intermediate that can can do that and can, you know, you can sneak him in deep every now and again, but that's not necessarily his role. I'm interested in this, though, and I'm watching this given the success that DPJ had last year. I'm waiting on a reliable secondary pass catcher from the Lions to break out the second part of the season, be it Jamison coming into his own or DPJ finding a place in this offense down the stretch run. I would love to see him more as a as a as a down the field guy. You know, exactly. more explosive offense than he had. Goff is is a is a better overall thrower than Brissett and whatever the fuck we got from Watson last year, which is could be a reason why his his role had to subtly change in Cleveland those last two years. So I'm not saying that he can't be. I think that I think that part of the field between Sam Brown and Laporta is pretty locked up. But they have yeah. a bigger body guy or or, or or they have somebody who's better around the boundary than what they have now. It can give them another red zone op, you know, red zone threat can be yeah. a big thing. It's also just a sixth or fifth round pick. Like this is there's yeah. nothing behind it. it this and, is a death pick. He like he may never see the field. Right? Yeah, and, and it's I mean, like I mentioned too, he slots right in between Reynolds and in Williams and size. Like he doesn't <laughs> he, give them. He's a neck cluster. Yeah, doesn't give them something they don't have. It's just another guy that could be something. Yeah. And last year was yeah. a good floor play, uh, especially in deeper leagues. That's all. Plus, it kind of gives us the. Uh, well, I don't say gives us because I don't play, but it can, it can also give the Lions the special teams player that they need because they need that home run hitter. And people's Jones can be that kick returner, punt returner that he used to be, be when he was in uh, Cleveland. And yeah, also like Cleve Freeman Michigan. anymore. It's still like Cleve Freeman, but you can still have, you can still have both. Okay. I have Cleve Freeman in some, you know, punt return leagues and some kick return leagues. It's actually been pretty consistent. Nice. All right. Couple defensive moves to be aware of Chicago. This. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I feel oh, bad for Bears man. fans. I really, I may make funny, I, I may throw some mocks there, but it's I really not, feel bad. This, it's not oh, this a is bad, bad. Well, it's not a bad trade. That's the thing. It just has the potential to end up really bad. So Chicago traded Monta traded a second round pick for Montez Sweat. Solid, right? Bears have a problem with pass rush. Sweat's just twenty seven. Um, you get a proven player. You can lock him up to, um, you know four, five, six-year deal, defensive end is age fine, and all of a sudden you got one less thing you need to address in the draft to a degree because you've got 
you know, a pass rusher to to build around that has success in the league, is reliable games played, et cetera, et cetera. Except, except this is that Grease plan meme. That whole sign him to a longer term deal is where this might all fall apart. So the compensation of the player is all fine if he had something worked out beforehand. Except they didn't have something worked out beforehand. So this becomes Willie or won't he? Um, there was one report from somebody that's not super allowed. It's like, well, the Bears might try to extend him. And then Sweat comes out and says, I just wanted to consider everything around me before I make a decision on whether I'm going to sign long term or anything like that. And he's like, dude, you're two and six, and you traded high draft capital for a proven talent. 35th overall pick. Right. Without having something in place to ensure that he's more than just a rental for your two and six team. Are you fucking shitting me right now? Yeah, that's that alone. And that's not even taking into account San Francisco getting chased on for a third. Who's been not as productive as sweat, but in not terms as healthy, of, but not as healthy. Yeah. But, you, you know, you put some of the land you know, you look at some of the more analytical stuff to it. He's been a much better overall pressure guy three yeah. years younger um probably have to pay him more potentially well no it's not, just not exactly if he walks they get another comp- uh, compensatory third they round get a pick third too. round pick yeah. so you trade a, you trade a pick 35 for pick 102 like yeah it, it's yeah. uh it's a massive risk that i didn't personally think they needed to make because their window potentially would be when sweat hits and late 20s early 30s late and then 20s. he's not the same player yeah like you're hoping in three years you're hoping that with the slew of picks from carolina with this year and then whatever you get in return potentially with trade back so you're gonna have a lot of top end pick well you you had a, one more one less now but i, I felt think- yes this is a weaker edge class i get why they did it i just but then again Vodka- it, it's I, I think we fundamentally disagree a little bit on the Bears timeline too. Well, I say yeah, and and again, you're gonna know more. You keep more in tune. I'm just, unless I think two years is a pretty like, fair assessment to them. Unless two, they're looking at two. him next year with that huge cap space they have, and they're saying, all right, you know, this is gonna be a building piece of our defense. We're gonna build around. Well, they gotta sign right. people. They use they gotta use the cap space. They, they do, and I think two makes sense. He gets up. You figure. 31, 32, 33 ish is when pass rushers tend to fall off, um, rotational pieces, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, he is still in what 28, 29, two years down the road. The problem is they got to hit on a quarterback. You can have the draft capital in the offensive line, and they do. You can have a tight end that's starting to break out year three, and they do. You can have a wide receiver one type player. And they do. And some pieces on defense to corner around to build around. They just extended part of their interior offensive line. They spent money on the linebacking core. They've drafted pretty decently in the secondary. Those guys could stay healthy. They can't have it to date, but if they could, you know, you're not in the worst situation with some of the pieces that they have, but you got to get the coaching staff and the quarterback, right? And that's where the bears consistently miss here. So I, I'm kind of with you where I don't agree with them going in and, and making a move like this without having the pieces that really make the franchise run in place. 
but from a personnel perspective, you can make it make sense. So I don't, the trade's fine, but if they don't extend him for anything, this is right up there with the Claypool trade on what the fuck are you doing, Ryan Poles? Oh, this isn't nearly as bad, but it, it does feel kind of the same, right? You, you, yeah, it's, they got to sign him. Yeah, they got to sign him. They have to. They have to sign him. That's what changed. They they have to sign him. And it can't be a massive overpay either. If you massive overpay to bail yourself out of a mistake. Well, they may because they have the cap to do it, right? They're going to have, like, I I can see Swag getting what feels like overpaid just because the Bears have money to overpay players they want to build around. So, and that's the bonus. I wouldn't get caught up on that too much. Yeah. Well, that's the bonus in that they have to cycle around fields too, right? If, Fields doesn't yeah. they have to move on. You're resetting the rookie deal on your quarterback. Well, I, I think at this point, even if he is a hit, I think if you're going to move on from Everflus, which I, I think everyone would agree they, they will, you Not can't have another, like, the next guy has got to come in. All right, it should be midseason. I think we all would agree, too. But Yeah, but the Bears won't I do, think it, do that. They've they won't. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. You I think even at that chase, point, please. you got to trade Fields and you got to let the guy bring his own people in. You know, Poles hasn't even been able to help select his own quarterback yeah. for the coaching staff to coach up. Like that was always an uphill climb for Fields. Now they need him to you know get back healthy and play better so they can help increase his trade value. But uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I like the Bears. Player, yeah, you don't have defensive player Chase Claypool here. Yeah. You know, they trade a second round pick for him, and then just trade him to Miami a for nothing. Second pick too, yeah, the yeah. Ravens pick that they got for the Roquan trade. So That's gross. Much. I'm like, God dang it. They're so close, so close, and they developed well. I mean, my God, the Bears have done pretty well with their in house development. I yeah. thought the Jalen Johnson thing was a was a bit ridiculous. He like he even came out and said that he was shocked he wasn't traded. Which I'm like, what? <laughs> Holes, what are you guys doing? Why can't you get these your in-house guys locked in? Like J- J- Johnson's playing phenomenal, and, and and he has been, and he wants to be moved because everybody wants to win. So I mean, maybe that's part of it, right? He's not locked into the philosophy or or whatever, but that's a coaching staff issue. That's yeah, that's a lot. That's even beyond coaching staff. That's management and potentially upwards, and not trying to help create that culture. Yeah. But anyways, in the other side of it, you mentioned it, 49ers acquired Chase Young for a third round pick. So uh, Washington's defense gets considerably worse, um, losing both of their outside pass rushers. It's what they wanted, right? They wanted to hit their reset. And so they did. And the, they, they were going to probably lose both. And they were able to at least, you know, get some, Decent comp pick. Turn them both into really good compensations, especially if sweat. Yeah. And for the Niners, yeah, exactly. this is this is huge. With the Jesus, this is fucking nuts. Falling off and everything. This is oh great my god, this go. That pass rush, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Give them like three or four weeks to get really gelled up, and yeah, I mean they're they're coming on three straight losses right now, so they had to do whatever they could. They did. I agree. They did. They're gonna get McCaffrey healthy through the bye. Hopefully, Purdy cannot get concussed on his bye week. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, otherwise they won't have anything else to blame it on him if he struggles again, but yeah, they're right. It's all right. 
All right. Um, some injury news. Matthew Stafford, uh, UCL issue with his thumb, still not practicing. He is day-to-day. Brett Rippon would be in line to start. Um, should he not be able to go? Stafford's played through a lot of injuries. Um, it's a strain, not a tear. So it's just a matter What's of What's the Rams record? Pain tolerance. You guys offhand? I, I actually uh, I do. Three and four? It's three and five. Three and five. So that they're, they're not completely out of it. I mean, they're seventh wildcard spot, right? I think it's yeah. I mean, the Vikings are in it at a four and four, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, it's, <laughs> they're not out of it. So yeah, Tony Stafford, he'll play. Yeah. I agree with that. He'll play. He'll, oh, he'll yeah. play. He he'll has to play. play at this point if they're playing for a playoff. No. He could be in a wheelchair and he comes out there and walks yeah. on the field. Anyway. Please play because even 80% Stafford is significantly better than 100% Brett Rippett. As long as he can grip a football, he'll play. As long as, long as he can get the ball to Cup or, or Puka, I think we're all happy. Just yeah. make his thumb thicker. That's all he needs. <laughs> just, just, you know, I'll pop him some drugs. He'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. He won't feel it. Uh, Still no Justin Fields. He's not going to play this week. We'll... So we'll see. Bears have a Thursday night or following the Sunday. So we'll see how that that turns around. So it'll be uh, Tyson Bajant again. Uh, Graham Gano is going to have knee surgery. He's placed on IR. The Giants have signed Randy Bullock to their practice squad. He will likely be elevated by this weekend. Thank God that bailed me out in a two-kicker league. <laughs> I didn't realize Randy Bullock was still in a fucking league. For you, yeah, he still plays for he, football. He, he wasn't until the day. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, what the fuck? I didn't hear that name in a minute. But I got Jake Moody on, on by and nobody on waivers because everybody's holding on to backup kickers. I'm like, Jesus, I need a kicker injury. And then Graham Gano <laughs> delivered. Wait, which league is this? Is this a big uh, eight team or is this the kickers matter? Dynasty no, this is uh Brent's league, which is a 14 team. Right? Oh, okay. With two okay. Kicker, it's 14 team, two kicker league. That's fucking incredible, oh, man. Like, 28 rostered kickers for sure. That's that's yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm sitting there that's like that's amazing. Shout out to Brent. That's great. I'm sitting there like, oh fuck. Uh what do I do here? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my kicker analysis? Who's gonna give me the who's and gonna then, give me the goods? And then I see the kicker Bullock was signed and on waivers. I'm like, oh thank god. There you go. Thank Love God. Thank I gotta, God. Well, you saw I had to make some kicker moves in kickers matter, right? I haven't. Yeah, I'm sure. You, I mean, I didn't. Look. No, I did. I had all did. three. All three of my rostered kickers are on buy at the same time. Oh, I am buy. The rough week yeah. for buys, man. The liners, yeah. Niners, and who's the other? There's another big team on buy too. Uh, Jags, Jaguars, and Broncos. Yeah, Jags. That's right. Jags. Jesus, man. Yeah, Jaguars, Niners, and Lions. That's uh, and Broncos. Sort of three top ten offenses. Yeah. Uh, Broncos, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those people, it's rough. Uh, it's rough. Daniel Jones returned to practice, keeping it in Giants world. He's a full participant, uh, so no Danny DeVito this week, mercifully. Damn it! I I, I want to see if they can get worse since no was it seven total passing yards, dude. That was like <laughs> I think Kendall Hinton could have thrown. A little more. That's, that's what I, I mean, said. The Giants, I mean, the, the Jets Kindle have hunt. a good team. Somehow yeah, the Kindle yeah. hitting game was better. Somehow, yeah. somehow that game with 90 mile an hour wins where all the back were, what was oh, it? Was that a Packers yeah. Bills game or something? 
Where all they Something did was like that. were or no, it was the Patriots. That was the uh, that's past Patriots. That was when Mac Jones threw three passes. Yeah, the entire game. Was the entire passes. game. That's what that reminded me of. <laughs> and he won. I think they won that game too. I think they did too. That was an that was an all timer. That was um, Drake London dealing with a groin injury. He is not practicing. Um, sh- so should he not be able to go? Um, Van Mac Collins. Well, no, Van Jefferson was getting snap share and eating into Mac Collins's work. Well, that's how you lose games. Does it have Mac? Does it have Van Jefferson as your as your go to receiver? I mean, maybe they're trying to lose now. So hey, guys, we're gonna feed Van Jefferson now. I bet. I bet it becomes a tight end trail there with Johnny and and Pitts. Please let it be because I had a, a trade go through where I traded for Pitts. <laughs> Uh, Damian Pierce is in danger of not playing this week. Ankle injury, Devin Singletary would be a direct plug in there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill ruled out week nine. We know that Will Levis is currently playing football or trying to. It's not going well. He's actually had a he's actually had a decent like after I watched that one throw. He's actually been playing pretty well. He's throwing better deep balls tonight than Kenny Pickett has in two years. That's because Kenny Pickett Kenny Pickett sucks. Because he has small hands. Uh, it's not his fault. <laughs> he can't grip anything. It's not his fault. 12 and 17 um, for 153 for, for Will Levis. Not those poor ladies. Though, he, he said he Levis took... is at least good for Hopkins. Yeah. And maybe Westbrook King because the passing offense is, uh, has taken a big step forward. He will not be. I I predicted Levis would play more games than Tannehill. Now, I did not think it would be because of injury, but yeah, Kyle Phillips, three for fifty-six. I, Look at that. I don't think yeah, he, he's returned. I don't think yeah. Levis gives his shot back. <laughs> for one <laughs> game, it's one game blow up. Oh Dance calling it, guys. Dance calling it. Yeah, PPR back, machine. PPR machine. Yeah. I remember, it's the first game of his career was really good, and he's it was phenomenal. Since, and here yeah. we are. He and might be back. Was, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, fucking got, IR like two games later. We got White Josh uh, Downs back. <laughs> I was gonna say White Wes Welker, but <laughs> oh, God, White Danny Mandola. Yeah, there we go, White Danny Mandola. Uh, Rams signed Daryl Henderson to their active roster after he handled most of the work last weekend. I don't you're, get this. Like, you heard it here first. Like, I understand. Like, you can drop him, pick him up, and like, I think it's two or three times. But it's like, didn't they just sign him to a contract? Or is it is it must be some type of contract? It's probably a year? part of their contract, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure or it's like it... some like two way. It's almost like the hockey. It's almost like baseball. Or hockey hockey, well, like hockey like like two way contract or something. Yeah. Where they had to put put so many t- so much time on the practice squad and then so much time on the active roster. Well, two way. So yeah. you no know, two way contract for hockey. You can basically well, go. That's different, yeah. Yeah, to and from the AHL as many times as you need to, which is like option years in baseball because they don't have two way contracts in baseball. No, they don't. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, right. you have option years, and if you're in an option year, you can get up and down as much as you can. I think you can come up and sub on an injury week without being on the active fifty three man roster so many times before they have to actively sign you. Because I've seen this a couple times this year where. You know, a guy will come up for game day on the active roster, return to the practice squad, and then you'll get signed to the active roster a couple of days later. And it probably is 
because I know that for the NHL and the MLB and probably the NFL too, there's a salary difference based on, you know, if you're in the minors or, or majors or on the practice squad or not, that's probably the biggest deal right there is cap reasons. Uh, Kendrick Bourne suffered a season-ending knee injury. I think Dan's been oh, He's balling out, too. Yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> I even it was a, like a waiver wire pickup when I saw that news. I was like, oh, man, I got to delete this whole entire thing. Yeah. ACL tear for him. Jalen Rager, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Demario Pop Douglas will be the top three receivers this week. Jesus Christ. Demario so, Douglas, add him now. Add him Mac now. Jones is, uh, Mac Jones' uh, true thirds are going to be pointing at that receiving card is the reason why he's, he's not playing well. Yeah. <laughs> or why he is playing well because Demario Douglas. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be because of Jalen Rager. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Uh, or Juju. Well, or Demario Juju. Douglas will be the popular one. Juju will be the less popular one. So, I mean, make a run at Juju. Pass productivity. I mean, at least they paid Juju. They yeah, paid healthy-ish. Go get it. Uh, Desmond Ritter benched in th- flavor. Ta- flavor. Benched in... I told my my brain told myself don't say flavor and then I said flavor and then he says flavor yeah. <laughs> and flavor of yeah Desmond Ritter's been benched for Taylor Heineke uh, Heineke is going to start for the Falcons this week good news for everyone Arthur Smith man just continuing to be the bad guy he is he has embraced the villain role for the fantasy community very well I think he's just embraced the villain role at all yeah it, by all. I don't think think anyone really likes him right now. (laughs) I hope he's gone. I hope they fire him. Good too. Bill signed Leonard Fournette to the practice squad, so he finally has a home. Keep an eye on that. Um, Obviously, that would cut into some of the rushing work for um, for James Cook, but more short yardage. I'm I'm ready... I'm ready, I'm ready for, for him this. to destroy that backfield if where no one's fucking viable. It's like, yeah. oh, cool. You, you like, no one's good now because you're going to give him way too many touches over James Cook in certain situations. And then he's going to have like one good game, maybe two. Like, I'm just glad, I, mean, I, get, I'm just glad I get, I'm going to have some more trade windows on him. That's literally what I'm about to say. Yeah. I have my new cell window on him now. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Bills. I've been holding on to him for this a lot. <laughs> Fournette's got quads of Saquon Barkley again. So he's, he's lost some weight. It looks like he's like in like a better looks shape like than what he was shape, in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. Best shape, best shape of his life. Best actually. shape of my <laughs> life. Yeah, but I mean, he's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a week or so before he's on the active roster. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Je- and then the Jets. I just found this amu- kind of not amusing, interesting. Jets lost two centers to IR on Monday night. They're now on their fourth string center. Dude, that's fucking rough. Ouch. That is, uh, you cannot understate just how shitty that is for your quarterback. No, you can not. Life Stadium, man. <laughs> it's, it just goes downhill, man. They were looking at Super Bowl pre and preseason and Super Bowl to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not the fun one. All right. Real question for y'all. How are y'all on beer? Do we need to do beer review now before we get into trades and recaps or do you want to? Power Whenever you guys are ready, uh, yeah, I'm good either way. I'm like halfway. Okay, I'm I'm out. I'm out. Okay, then let's do it then. Yeah. Beer review. 
I'll start. It's a porter. It's a classic example of a post porter. Uh, I was drinking Founders Porter. It's roasty or not roasty. It's got a yeah, roasty. A hint of roastiness without being bitter, kind of more of a dark chocolate roastiness, subtle sweetness to it. Um, medium bodied, not too alcohol biting, leaves a little bit of a sweetness on your lips. Yeah. Easier drinking perception of warmth winter beer. Go ahead, Ryan. I need to transition out of my IPAs because it's uh definitely not weather appropriate for this one. Because this one's more of a pineapple type taste to it. It has very strong. You actually like taste like you when you take a bite into the pineapple, you feel like the acidity of it. And you feel that in the sips of it every time you actually feel it hit your stomach. So that kind of sucks about it. But it would definitely be good if it was actually warm outside. So drinking this right now in this kind of weather to me personally is not a way I like to go. As even though I am like the hazy IPA drinker. This one I would definitely move on towards more of a hot summer day. Than yeah, a yeah, that, forty-one degree weather day. That sounds about right. I'm not. I am not one to be uh, seasonally inclined to say no to certain beers. I just drink beer whenever the hell it sounds good. I mean, I like the hazy. I mean, it's very good. It's just yeah. very pineapple-y. It is a tropical fruit. I'm sure. But I mean, like strong yeah. pineapple. Yeah. So it's just like is, I don't. Is there pineapple in there, Ryan? Does it say in the can that they use pineapple in there? Because even a it, hop, most hops would. You get a blend. It doesn't say. It. I'll look it up real quick. That's yeah. Um, as he's doing that, I am drinking. Again, more brewing. They're out of Chicago. This is their henna. Uh, banana split imperial stout some pure stout imperial stout with banana strawberries vanilla and chocolate this is very sweet um you know as it warms up you're going to get that more it, it 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 does not come off as artificial or fake uh you get the nice subtle subtle hints of the strawberry and banana in there the strawberry again will add to the sweetness too um those is where you get a lot of your vanilla it's pretty, you know, pretty thick too. It's definitely a one and done, and definitely one I, I would recommend sharing <laughs> if you have you know people to share with. Sixteen ounces of 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 a beer like this can fuck up your night. Pretty can f- not only just fuck up your night, but it, it's it's you may not have any more after this. Dude. You're going to be full and sweet tooth out. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, so I found it. So go ahead. So it says four giants tropical treasure is a tropical treasure is out of control, covering the realm in tropical fruit flavor. The problem is your gain as this hazy IPA absolutely bombarded with the aromas of pineapple, more pineapple, pineapple, pineapple. I'm just kidding. <laughs> pineapple, tangerine and lemon for moderate sweetness and a touch of yeah. lingering bitterness. And I don't just still taste that bitterness. I just feel like the, a pineapple, like it's sitting in my stomach right now, just breaking down the acid. Yeah, that just use a hop that just gives off a lot of pineapple. Yeah, like I don't taste the other ones. To it. I just taste mostly pineapple. Lemon in there. Interesting. That's, that's going to be, that, they'll be a part of the acidity. Definitely. I moved to a hazy pale ale in solidarity with Ryan. No, I have not. Are you doing Sierra Nevada? 
Pale no, ale? No, it's one of mine. Oh, I'm so jealous. So, as I'm trying to clear kegs because I got another round of three beers going and I needed to drink some of this. So. <laughs> All right. Christian McCaffrey. Trades this week. This is, gonna, this is leading to a lot of interesting conversation around strategy, <laughs> value, and how crazy some things can get. And I've been trying to figure out since about 5 o'clock this evening what the value tree looks like for Christian McCaffrey and every player that's involved. So we're going to start off. We're going to break down three Christian McCaffrey trades. Um. And the first two are linked together. The other one's just kind of fun. Well, for somebody. Uh, um, so the first two are <laughs> linked somebody. Yeah. So yeah. the first Maybe. two are, well, one's a Tyree kill trade. They has a Christian McCaffrey link. So let's get into this. So the first deal um, was a trade to send um, Tyree kill uh, out by a team. And, that deal was hold on, I gotta go find it. It was a multiplayer deal. And I gotta go back to yesterday because it's gonna be the easiest way to find it. Is in and it was McCaffrey time. and somebody for Hill, right? No, so the initial trade was a seven player deal, which by the way, That's I hate those. I hate those so much. <laughs> There's so many moving parts. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. So it was Hill, Judy, and Michael Mayer for, this is several weeks ago, uh, going out to get Mark Andrews, Kyler Murray, Murray Jalen Waddell, and George Pickens back. Um, That was the initial deal to send Tyreek Hill out. That uh, was Hill, Judy, Mayer on a team that's loaded with wide receiver talent um, for Andrews, Murray, Waddell, Pickens. Um, so stop there. Thoughts on that deal. I feel like I'm never really in favor of give up a stud to get two solid players back. You've got Andrews coming back the other way who hasn't been quite having the difference maker tight end season. But you'd expect still very good in his own right. Um, it's a single quarterback league, so I don't care about Murray. What do you guys think of that deal? I personally don't mind it, actually. I think it's fine. I mean, you get four for three, four players for three players. Yeah, I mean, giving up Hill is a lot to give up, and it's kind of hard to give it up. But you get younger assets back. I mean, if Hill is your best wide receiver. This is a redraft. Wider... Oh, it's redraft. a redraft? Oh. Redraft, yeah, redraft. It was Waddle's mind, picking... Waddle's yeah, picking this is yeah. Andrews okay. coming back the other way for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah sorry, um, I'm in the dynasty mindset when it comes to trades like this. You circle wow. on, you circle Hill, and that is so whoever gets Hill wins that trade. Now the guy, oh, send, yeah, no matter what, the guy sending Hill out was trading from surplus, um, because he had like three top six wide receivers, but he didn't. The only need he got back was was tight end. He didn't. Getting get running back back or anything like that. And in this league, there is no tight ends are your least, least positional value, which is why you got it. Yeah, this is uh, 
Even Mark Andrews. It's going to look good on paper. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look good in trade accusations. Like the only target in that would be worth it in that trade would be Kelsey. Yep. Is it a PPR league or no? Yeah. 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 So now the dude that got Tyree Kill in that deal, right? <laughs> doesn't even really want him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I know where we're going, which I don't understand. Like he immediately starts trying to flip him like, okay, I think I got a fair deal. So now I'm going to go in. I thought the general consensus was people thought he overpaid a little bit. I was like, okay, I got a deal. Now I'm going to go try to get back at least what I gave up, if not more. First off strategy. Let's talk strategy in this for a second. Cause this isn't just about CMC value or Hill value or anything like that. Let's talk strategy for a second. Yeah. If you're trading for a player that is the core piece of a deal, for the purpose of I'm going to flip him and try to get back the same or equal, you're doing it wrong. You're making trades just to make trades at that point. Because if you need to get back what you gave up, that means you don't feel like you got equal value in return. Exactly. Or you don't feel like you improved in return. And I hate what teams do that. The whole league just saw how you valued him, Right. So they're yeah. not going to give you more than what you gave up. And they're probably not going to give you underneath that either. There's going to be apprehension about trying to give you more than what you gave. So the league thought that he gave up, he sold Hill for too little? No, uh, no. Other way around. The league thought they gave up too much for they Hill. They gave up too much to get him. Too much for Hill? I would disagree. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I saw this. And if I'm working, I just... I don't think it was an overpay. I thought it no. was fine. Yeah. Again, and, you're getting the yeah, you half in these more for least player deals, where generally the least player in a deal is the best player, you typically overpay in terms of what you would perceive as value. Sure. Because you're getting a, a better core play in return and, and you're you're freeing up your roster to allow you to take more chances on players that could provide you points. That's the whole mindset of why you do this. So I would I I would agree that this was not an over. I would just I'm not sure where you're at, but I would say yeah, this is not. I, I know it's a mean. true overpay. I, I don't feel fine offer. Yeah. I don't feel strongly one way or the other. I think it's okay. Right. Okay. 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 Um, but I think to turn around is the guy receiving Hill and then immediately say I'm going to try to flip him for, for yeah. more or less than what I got. And the deal and he got in return is his whole. That's boy. an issue. Yeah. So so then the set the second piece of this is the behind the scenes part, right? Because we saw some of what he was trying to work behind the scenes, other than the deal that went through. Yeah. Um. So first, the first thing that happened, and Ryan, you saw this, is he offers me a deal of Tyreek Hill and C.J. Stroud and James Connor for. I think it was McCaffrey and Hertz, and I think that was it. I think it was McCaffrey and Hertz. Yeah, I, I saw it last that. night. I, re- I, re- I replied, and then I didn't hit send. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, what the, a boomer uh, moment. I love it. Well, right? that I was the OG trade that was offered to me, and I go on the side and just say, hey, I'm fine with Hill, the Hill and CMC swap. I have ETN. I have Swift. I need to upgrade at wide receiver, right? Trade from surplus. Um, I'm fine with the CMC and Hill value, but I want to work out different players around the edges. I don't really want to go from Hertz to CJ Stroud. Cousins was on waivers at the time. This is before last weekend happened. 
So I consider it, but you know, throw that out there and it's like, okay, you know, I want, well, I want Hertz. Would you do this? I'm like, no, I'm not going an injured running back and uh, a bottom third quarterback to give you the QB six with CMC with a swap of CMC and Hill, who I think CMC is more valuable than anyway because of positional value. Um, that talk broke down, which was fine. Um, he also declined a trade that I thought was a crap offer anyway. I won't even talk about that one. Um, so declines working any further on a deal of sending him CMC to get Hill, which I was willing to do because I wouldn't put Jalen Hurts in the deal. Fine, whatever. Turn around yesterday, and there's a trade that is Tyree Kill going out for Adam Thielen and Christian Kirk. So essentially what he ended up doing was he turned um, Andrews, Waddle, Pickens, and Murray into... But Jerry Judy, uh, Michael Mayer, who's since been dropped, and Christian Kirk and Adam Thielen. Oof. Which yeah. oof, brings the question of, if you wanted that caliber of receiver, Kirk and Thielen, why didn't you just hold on to, to Pickens and Waddle, who have higher upside? Who are better. That's yeah. like... That would yeah, yeah. that makes no That's sense. That's a gross trade. Yeah, I don't. I don't we got that worse. That whole that whole chain of trades is bad, and the, the flawed logic there was, I'm gonna get Hill, but I don't really want Hill, and I'm gonna try to flip him for value over what I paid for him, all within the same week. We're not gonna let injuries happen. We're not gonna assets appreciate or depreciate. We're just gonna try to do it all within a a week of each other. I can see that happening because typically people will do that if there's a player that they is involved in the second deal that they don't have that would make the deal happen. I can see that being the case, but you got to be pretty savvy to do that. And I don't think the people that this particular person would be savvy. That would have been if we had gotten something done with Hill and CMC. But Caffrey, never, yeah, generally yeah, you're getting he a never, return in terms of positional he, value. Right. He never would have gotten a deal done with me without a player like like Hill, but if you come yeah. at me with Hill for CMC, when I have ETN and Swift and need wide receivers, then, you know, that's a deal that I'm going to listen on. I'm going to interest, be interested on, try to talk, and I'll let that fall apart in a one QB league because you don't won't take a deal without Jalen Hurts when you're getting the higher positional value back. And the reasoning for that was, well, I think Hill is more of a difference maker than CMC. And I'm worried about CMC's injury, but you're sending me a running back that's literally on IR on the way back in your trade offer. And, and Hill has been dealt with a hip in the same way that CMC's dealt with an oblique, right? Neither one missed time. Neither one really missed practice. But if you're going to make the argument, and this is the other thing too, make sure your arguments make sense. If you're going to make the argument of, I'm concerned about the injury, his, about the injury, but the injury concerns between the two players are the same and your deal includes somebody that's on IR actively hurt. It's hard to look at your logic there and think that that holds water. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when you are talking these out, make sure that your argument makes sense. If you're trying to, to 
to convince somebody to to do something like that and don't get hung up on on fringe players you can make fringe players work if the core of the deal's there yeah. and that's all i was trying to do is because he said he wanted wide receivers okay well he never told me he wanted wide receivers because i would have included you know uh cooper brown or london to get that through instead of hurts yeah because one of them's got to go to my bench anyway by bringing hill in right so yep yep So, yeah, there's that whole thing. And then back to CMC's value now. <laughs> there's the whole Reddit thing flying. Oh, yes. About. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Welcome to my world. All right. Would you make the deal? Is where we're at. So, would you make the deal segment? It's Tony Paul. It's Christian McCaffrey for Tony Pollard in a one night stand with your wife. With what? The other guy's wife, yeah. With the other guy's wife, yeah. It's a, it's more than likely, it, fake. it's fake. It's got to be fake. There's a post. I from, hope it's fucking real. There's a post fake. from either side of this argument, from either side on this too. And yeah, it's got to be fake. You can't imagine. I mean, I guess maybe in the world somewhere there are people that would do this, but blows my mind. Uh, yeah. Oh, someone's the world kind of is stuff. called uh, the league and uh, Taco is a part of this deal. Yeah. It's Pollard in a one night stand for uh Christian McCaffrey. It, it's uh it's it's a fantastic read, Ryan. So I, I came to the conclusion that this guy's wife is Adam Thielen based on my value chain. That's where that, <laughs> that is. This guy's wife and is the, Adam it, yeah, the whole chain of which makes it better because and the other guy is because so the, the initial poster was the CMC guy. Mm-hmm. So you got it from his perspective, and his perspective was like, I've had a thing for this guy's wife for a while. Like she's hot, so maybe I'll do it. And then we got the other guy's perspective of, well, <laughs> my wife is like a mid first round pick, which is just like she's so a much late fucked first up. round it's pick. So fuck, eight, it's so fucked up. Solid like, eight well, out of ten. Adam, we've been looking for a yeah. way to spice things up. <laughs> it, I'm like, if she's at I'm feeling then yeah, I could say wide receiver fifteen. Like, ah, that's yeah. my wife. Yeah, he, he, he wide receiver with that. fifteen, and that was oh, the va- that was the value chain I made from those trades. I'm like, all right, yeah, yep, yep. Tyreek Hill is valued greater than CMC, but is worth the floor of Christian Kirk and Adam Thielen. So the combo of Kirk and Thielen is greater than CMC, and this guy's wife plus Tony Pollard. So you cancel Pollard and Kirk out with each other. So this guy is. Wife is equal to Adam Field. That's that's how that worked out <laughs> for me. Honey, sleeping with you is like having Adam Thielen on my fantasy roster. Like, like, yeah, like it's like what the fuck? It's like, yeah, I, I uh, trade you for Christian McCaffrey, and she'd be like, "What? Like, oh, it's just only for one night." <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, she's probably the orchestrator of this whole thing. She's probably just working behind the deal, just trying to get with this guy. Spites up the marriage a little bit. Hey, championships last forever. I got bragging rights for life if 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 we win this. Well, the other thing that doesn't make sense, right, is who are you getting into your bathroom renovation? Because it's twelve man league, is what they said, right? Twelve man league, three fifty buy in. Yeah, with ninety percent going to first place, so that's three thousand seven hundred and eighty dollars. You're not getting a bathroom renovation done for south of four grand. 
<laughs> I know, right? Now that, you, now that you're doing it yourself. Oh god, he's, and, like he can't even and, properly pimp his wipe out. This is uh, it's a... and and even then, it, that's not even a complete teardown. That's kind of like a refacing. Oh Jesus! Right, you could barely pay the plumber to redo the shower for that. I mean, I already did most of our our kids' bathroom, and I spent north of seven. Yeah, makes sense. I think this goes without saying. We here at Beefield do not condone, uh, including your wife and of, yeah. I'm just sure why you pipping out of your partner to sweeten the pot of a uh, of a potential I mean, trade deal. I mean, unless he's trying to get out of this marriage or something. That's the only thing I can see. <laughs> oh, God. Dude, just brings up something more fucked up. He's like, well, yeah, I'm going to lose like, her anyway. So my, it's, well, it's he's like, she's got, a, return. Oh, she's got God. a lot. The joke she comes from itself, money. Ryan. The joke she, she, itself. She's got money. So, you know, I get more money out of this divorce if she cheats on me. I don't leave the house, though, but, you know, make her look bad. So, well, you might as well scrub the internet and make sure there's no, there's no proof that you orchestrated this to get back to you. Well, <laughs> well yeah, the internet I mean, is going to lose her already. You might as well get a fantasy championship out of it. The internet's forever, my friend. <laughs> oh, my God. Marriage is going to be championship forever. Yeah. I got a fancy championship and half for 401k. What a deal. <laughs> I think I won this deal. <laughs> I got this fucking cool belt, yeah. guys. Look at Co- it. Collusion. Oh. That'd yeah. be a fun one to, to be like if you're the commission of that league. I got a different you ring. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, if you know that, deal, read, you see that I got a through. different read and it's from fan ring and it's from fantasyjocks.com. This <laughs> <laughs> is really an elaborate setup. He's sponsored. Oh my, oh my god, it's gonna come out. It's gonna be the, the guy that runs the company. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I was wondering what happened to Faraz after he got bounced off Twitter. <laughs> oh. uh, All right. Uh, I'm surprised someone's been bounced off Twitter more often. I haven't been on Twitter, I wouldn't know. What's Twitter? Have you even been on X? Or not X? Uh, what's the other one? Threads? Threads. Threads. He's still on there. We'll be yeah. back. I got to run to the bathroom. I'm still on there. All right. Then when Dan, did you actually go on it? Uh, uh, (laughs) almost got awkward. You go on it just as much as you go on Twitter. I might do Twitter a little more. You know, I never even see you on Twitter. I don't say anything. I log in and like we'll read five posts and close it. I get notifications every now and again from Rappaport and stuff that that tickle my fancy. But that's not what that's I cute. want. I want players. There we go. I want players for the last five weeks. That's what I'm going for. Give me PPR. We're going to reset some narratives. This is Daniel's back. Holy shit. Jimmy Garoppolo was a QB7 over the last... No, I'm in the wrong year. No way. I can't I'm be. in the wrong year. I was about to say, <laughs> QB7 as in like... 23, 24, nope. 25. I was definitely looking at the wrong year. That's that's my bad. All right, let's reset some narratives now that Dan's back. All right, looking at the last five weeks, we're going to start with quarterback. Sam Howell is the quarterback four over the last five weeks. Anyone surprised by that one? I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, because, because of last week's four touchdown QB1 performance. The QB1 performance. The QB1 performance. Yeah, I didn't do much the week before that, but then two weeks ago, week six, Atlanta, he had a three-touchdown performance, and then 
kind of average two touchdown, one pick against Chicago. So seven touchdowns, two picks over the last three weeks. He's finding his stride. I mean, he's showing some upside for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a fun player, but then you have to look at that floor game. He had, I mean, yeah, he had three touchdowns again at San Atlanta, but it was only for 151 passing yards. So the three touchdowns, what saved him. Yeah, that's true. And it is important to put context around this. And he also uh, did four interception game against Buffalo, no touchdowns. Like you, you've seen the erratic, right? I've made yeah. comparisons about him. He, he's he's part of the Baker Mayfield mold, where you know confidence gets rolling, he can play well. Like he should not have been a fifth round pick. That is definitely true. Um, but you're gonna get you're gonna get moments where he's gonna make some poor decisions. Is it consistent ball placement? It's gonna come into effect. And, uh, but you get this incredible stretch, you know, nine touchdowns and three interceptions. The last, you know, uh, four games is not too shabby. No. He's a gamble QB you play. I mean, you know, you enjoy he your is ups, a game. Yes. Yeah. But you, you live with the downs. Yep. Indeed. Um, keeping over the last five weeks, sustained success. We'll look at the last three years in, in a minute too. Uh, but Justin Herbert with the thumb injury is down at the QB 14 right now. I think that's the only real thing quarterbacks that surprises me. Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow, QB 19 over the last five weeks. Um, so he's been coming on though. Right? Yeah, he's been he, coming on. I think, I think his, I think he's finally he's coming back from his, his injury. Was yeah. it his like calf? It was a, it was a calf injury and let's see. Since week five against Arizona, you know, he's and he balled against San Francisco. He's he's fine. 28 to 32 for 283 and three touchdowns, eight touchdowns, two picks in that time frame, two almost 300 games. So, yeah, last three weeks, he's he's pretty well been back. Yeah. And you get back a healthy Higgins, too. It's uh, I think I think I think it's time for. I think it's okay to start placing some trust back into the Cincinnati. Yeah, and that's his offense. last three games too. The other thing to pay attention to with, I guess, doing it this way is bye weeks, and that's yeah. that's yes, holding yes. him down because he's already had his bye. Um, same thing with Sam Howell being up; he has not had a a bye week in that time frame. So, um, just some things to keep in mind there. Uh, touchdown leaders over the last five weeks again: Sam Howell's up there, Russell Wilson's up there. Um, Russell Wilson been efficient, been efficient, efficient week this last week, efficient this last week, efficient three weeks ago. And you're really getting more to what he did in Seattle with that efficiency. So that's kind of what you're looking for. And just, you want to see if that continues. Basically, that's all you're watching that for. Well, they're yeah, going to need to, they want to try to keep up with that, with that division. So. Yeah, and he's had a passing touchdown every game too. So you know something he didn't do last year. He really sucked last year. But yeah. I mean, you, you look at what he did against K- Kansas City. I mean, he was twelve and nineteen for one hundred fourteen yards and three touchdowns. That's a that's very Russell Wilson like back in these in the early Seattle days. That feels yeah. very Russell Wilson. That's exactly what it, it feels like to me too. Yeah, but it wasn't that much better in previous compared to the previous Kansas City game where he only threw for ninety five yards and a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's got that touchdown, Ryan. Okay, it matters. Got, well, no, he has three now. Yeah, so he's got three four yeah. touchdowns. He's increasing. Yes. Yep. Improvement. Improvement. Continuous Mid- improvement. Our boy Gardner Minshew. Um, 
obviously he's bolstered a bit by his full touchdown performance, but another solid week last week as well. So in good matchups, he's, he's got himself back in streamer status, which I think we all were anticipating. Not bad. I just love his playing the Saints this week. Yeah. No, no, I love his playing style. It's just, it's fun to watch. It's hard. It's hard not to root from. It is. All right. Flipping over to running backs. Uh, Alan Kamara back off the injury is the running back three over the last five weeks. He is, um, I don't want to say turning back. He's not been hyper efficient or anything like that since his return. Um, barely over four yards to carry, but he's getting volume. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Jamal Williams taking that, that from him. The receiving work's been there too. So, 15 more targets than the, the guy, guy second to him, Josh Jacobs, in that five week span. It, it's uh, the offense through him, right? We, the struggles with Alave, the injuries with Michael Thomas, and just the overall issues that the Saints have been facing. Kamara, it, it's been able to, to really take, you know, take advantage of that. And, and for the, those that drafted Kamara on the cheap, let's get rewarded Real. for it. Yep, and that same, you mentioned Josh Jacobs. That's got him right behind him at the RB4, although by like 20 points, but at the RB4 over that. Um, another interesting tidbit, by the way, there's only three running backs over that five-week span that have given you over 100 fantasy points. Um, Kamara, Etienne, and McCaffrey. Um, Etienne has been balling. Oh, my God, Etienne ball. has been balling. Jacksonville's been early season woes. It's, uh, it's gone. It's now been... Seven touchdowns over the last four games for him. I he think. is. Uh, Jacksonville is finally starting to look like the, what I thought they would look like to start the season when I predicted them to be the number one seed in the FC. My dark horse prediction. I bold prediction. Um, some other things to to make note of through this: DeAndre Swift still having a very solid year. Isaiah Pacheco is up there at the RB eight over the last five weeks. Um. I don't really know what's bolstering that increased passing game usage, maybe, or just running. Well, so it's gone down a little bit, yeah. Since generally. I think it was you know, the big game against Minnesota, I think it was so the, the earliest. I was talking about Pacheco. Oh, Pacheco. I'm sorry. Yeah, Swift's still been fine. Yeah, serviceable. Swift had a good game last. Or, uh, I think Pacheco had a good game last week. Uh, was it two weeks? Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, he had. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. it's just kind of average for the running backs once you get beyond those first, those first three. There's not anybody that's putting together like week after week banger. And no, that's the elite running backs are like a dead thing right now. They are. I mean, Etienne and McCaffrey are the, and Camara are the closest things that you've got. Looking at this over a a five week span, I'm going to do it by points per game just to to help that out. But even then, you know. Achan's up there still, but he's been hurt. So I mean, it's it's your twenty points per games are Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs with David Montgomery hurt, Kamara, Etn, McCaffrey, and then Saquon Barkley. <laughs> there's a fall off. David Montgomery who's been hurt, Kyron Williams who's hurt, and then there's a three four point a game drop off to Saquon Barkley. So I didn't get the rise of Gibbs that could affect Montgomery. When he comes back, it's yeah, Shrine, gonna, with the Shrine last two performances, yeah, it's not going to affect games. it. It's not going to affect it. I don't think it will, but I, I can Montgomery's totally coming see back. He'll take it. He'll take it right back. It's how yeah. that offense rolls. Yeah. And Pacheco, it's basically been game script. 
Yeah. Right. The one game that they've been behind over the last five games last week against Denver struggled against touches. Mm-hmm. Look, you know, look at it before that, and he's been a high in two. Yeah. Uh, two of my touchdowns for us. You obviously you have the nothing burger for Bijan against Tampa Bay. Um, Bijan Robinson against Tennessee, just 11 touches, um, 62 and a touchdown, no receiving work, which is incredibly frustrating. Um, he has not broken 100 scrimmage yards since week four. This is why Arthur Smith should be fired. Also, Seriously. he's been the sixth overall pick. The sixth. And you're like, ah, oh, I got this fifth round guy, though. He, yeah. he might have the flu. And he has three total touchdowns already. Foo, he's killing it. Killing it's it. Through eight weeks. It's just, just. It sucks. I hate it. The fuckers don't deserve the type of playmakers that they put together. They have too many of them. You get any competent coaching staff and a better quarterback in there, that's a dream spot. The size they get, the size of receivers he gets to throw to and pits. He gets to utilize, you know, Bijan in the running game. You know, they improve, they've improved the offensive line through draft picks and through free agency the last couple of years. It's, and yet, you know, here we are, just wasting yeah. it away. Yeah, all of it. Frustrating. And they're gonna, so you know they're gonna franchise tag them. Yeah, the franchise tag pick, the franchise tag London, and then they'll give them contracts just to be suck. They're yeah. like, we got Taylor Heineke, we're fine, we're fine. <laughs> uh, James Cooks put together a bit of a of a somewhat decent run. No touchdown upside though. He's sitting mid RB two. Um, Madison. Also sitting mid RB two, but he got out touched and out carried by Cam Akers last game. By Akers, it's not been pretty the last couple of weeks. I mean, there's a lot of ugliness at the running back position right now. A lot of matchup dependent stuff. A lot of game script dependent stuff. Um, your leader for rushing attempts is Travis. Uh, rushing attempts is Travis Etienne at the moment. Um, he's the only one over a hundred in that five games stretch. Um, next closest are going to be Jacobs, Kamara, and Barkley over eighty. Uh, your leader in running back targets over that stretch is Alvin Kamara by 15, as we talked about. So, um, and then Jacob Swift, McCaffrey, Etienne, Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, um, Gibbs, Bijan, Rashad White, kind of bringing up the rear there. It's almost like zero R, uh, zero RB was the way to go. Yeah, as of right now, looking at it, looking at it, and. Rashad White's carried by third volume targets over the last two weeks. Just a lot yeah, of volume targets, it, and it's been yeah, he's not he's not been good from an efficiency standpoint. But you you got the right quarterback in place, Mister Checkdown. Yep. All right, flipping to wide receiver, Adam Thielen is the wide receiver eight right now. A lot better than a lot of people thought he was going to be. He's he's um, dropping. Well, yeah. Wide receiver eight over the last five weeks. Let's put it that way. Uh, I should go with points per game again. It's probably higher. Always points uh, per game. Seventh, yeah. Um, other than that, Jamar Chase back up in his wide receiver two spot behind A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill. Um, bring up the front three. Uh, Stephon Diggs is up there as well before you get a little bit of a drop. Um, DJ Moore. Uh, wide receiver five in points per game, bolstered by. He'll one, buy that one game. One big Still. game, yeah. The, big game. 
the 60 felt like a 60 pointer my god and then feels gets hurt and then it's been nothing but Jalen Waddle from last year yeah feels like or two years ago uh Cooper Cup is the wide receiver 18 by points per game in that time frame Puka Nakua uh wide receiver nine so kind of what we thought right neither one of them yeah, is gonna be necessarily playing. super elite and they're gonna gonna cut into each other a bit uh godwin by the way making a resurgence as well he's the wide receiver 13 over that time frame uh in points per game so godwin's had a a few good weeks there as well love it i think oh uh, yeah he's been nine he's been consistent no he's been all right since week four he's been upwards of 50 yards and he's grabbed a touchdown and in ppr the the volume's been there so you're okay with he's, teams. he's serviceable and that's what you need serviceable right i mean yep. going by points per game over the last five your wide receiver 12 is at 16 points per game so you know, in PPR, so you're not blowing up 20-plus every week. In comparison, your running back 12 is 16 points per game. Talking about positional volatility, remember when running backs were must-starts over wide receivers? Not the case anymore. No, like I have more like wide receivers on one of my fancy teams. It's like I can't start them all. But no one wants to trade for him. You're either, basically playing. Or, yeah, you're basically playing the running backs to f- fill your yeah. running back slots. Yep. effectively. AJ Brown right now is outpacing the leading running back over the last five weeks by a point and a half. He's also on a very historic He's pace. On a historic pace. <laughs> He's yes. Breaking records as we speak. Yeah, six uh, games over 125 receiving yards but, straight. Yeah, Tyree Kill is barely behind that. So Hill became the fastest player in NFL history to hit a thousand yards in eight games. Who needs seventeen game season? We can just get it done in eight. Man, next year down to seven. Indeed, uh, Josh Downs. By the way, having a good start to the last couple of weeks as well. I don't want to ignore that. We Josh Downs deserves a a bit of love. I shit on him all through the pre draft process, but really he's the wide receiver one right there over Pittman with Gardner Minshew um, under center. He's had really good weeks three out of the last four. Yep. It's uh, very great. And a 12 target performance back in week three. Josh Downs is getting peppered. He's getting used. Um, and that's that's good. So he deserves attention. He's a he's a must start at this point. Um George Pickens is still kind of having a Gabe Davis type season. It's either twenty two yards and nothing or seventy five plus. He he's is got, the product of the worst offense in football and with one of the worst quarterbacks. The fact that he's still producing is uh he's remarkable. got as many games over a hundred yards as he does under forty. Just blame Canada. <laughs> South Park was right, guys. Blame Canada. <laughs> blame Canada. That's uh that's an age question. That is a how am I gonna age myself question or answer that there. I, I knew what you were saying. Oh, oh yeah! I know you guys do. We're all relatively the same age. The younger crowd that totally listens to us, totally, totally don't bet that. Don't bet that. Meanwhile, Mike Evans, after a hot start, has fallen off a little bit. That's the other thing I wanted to highlight here. I thought he had, and he has. Um, 
he's 18, 29, and 17 to start the season. And then he's had three of his last four games under 15 points as Godwin's ascended. So that might be course correcting and changing. Josh Palmer is the other one that deserves is another one that deserves a little bit of love. Um 60 plus yards for the last five weeks, obviously dealing with the injury last week in Chicago and a blowout. He's been fantastic since Mike Williams got hurt. So, yeah. What about the surgeon of Quentin Johnson now? Well, I guess. Yeah, what, 10 targets? Quentin Johnson? No, no, I had 10 fantasy points. I'm sorry. Yeah, the surgeons of, of, of Quentin Johnson. Yes. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Research. Thanks. Yeah. He had six targets yeah. in uh, week eight against Chicago. Yeah. The surgeons. He had exactly 10 points. Five for 50. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. In Very that good. time, in that same time frame, um, you've got five guys over 50 targets. So 10 plus targets a game. Amon Ra, Tyreek Chase, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs couple more over the seven target a game mark. Um feeling a lot of his target volume's actually been there, even though the productivity hasn't necessarily been. London's got some decent target volume over that time frame. Waddle, Adams, Cup, Godwin. Not a lot you that that would surprise you. As you mentioned earlier, Jacoby Myers has fallen off a bit. Um Mari Cooper falling off a bit. So just check your your thought process if you go into this tight ends only one guy is 50 plus targets in that in on the year or in the last five it's travis kelsey yeah. um ingram hawkinson laporta find that target volume wise um kelsey has a four point a game stretch on mark andrews and cole Komet, actually in that time frame those are the only three over 15 a game Laporta, Komet, coming through. Komet, so many people already dropped him. Yeah, Komet coming through after getting dropped a lot in the last four games. Dallas Goddard is showing back up after a slow start to his season. So, don't forget about the offensive weapon, uh, Taysom Hill. Fuck Taysom Hill. He's uh, what? Fuck Taysom Fuck Hill. Taysom Hill. Hate so Taysom much fun. Hill. No, I had him. In, I had him in my starting lineup, and then I traded away a uh, a player to get Pitts. I put Pitts in over Taysom Hill last week, and yeah, fuck, didn't you? Because fuck I didn't. Taysom I, Hill. I still won, but he said, "Fuck you, Ryan." <laughs> Go ahead and back said, and see what Don't happens. you ever pitch me again, yeah. bro? Yeah, put me back in your starting lineup so I get you three points next week, and you're gonna love it. That's right. You earned this. You deserve this. <laughs> What's fun is. Logan Thomas being a top 10 tight end again after multiple injury plague seasons. So good for him. Look at that. Dalton Schultz. Top 10. He is top 10. And for the Darren first... Waller, top 10. He's probably going to be out for a while. Kincaid yeah. probably top 10 now. He yeah. probably will be. Um, and, and for the first time, and as long as I can remember, Justin Tucker is not the kicker one. Hey, he, he, he... He varies. He, he varies. There's still, there's still time. He is the kicker five right now. There's um, still time, guys. There's still time. Eight points a game behind Harrison Butker. 
Well, eight points per game? Or no, in total. Sorry, not per I game. was going to say, God, no, he's 2.6. Zerline's actually the leader in points per game. Brandon Aubrey's the leader of the year. Brandon Aubrey's the leader of the year. He's the only kicker averaging more than 10 points, fancy points per game on the year. 18 of 18. Oh, it's only missed one extra point. We got different kicker scoring, apparently. I'm looking at FF today. I'm looking at FF today. 2023, last five weeks. I've got Brandon Aubrey at 8. I'm looking at the season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Season, it's, it's yes. Season, I'm just doing yeah. last five weeks, Dan. Stay on the same page. Oh, my bad. Hold on. Focus. Let me pull Focus. that up. Uh, Greg Zerline's at 10 point. Exactly. Brandon McManus is, Brandon McManus is two somehow. Again, well, three double you're on Jacksonville. All these teams are teams that can put up points besides, you know, Duskin Hopkins doesn't make a lot of sense. The Jets don't make a lot of sense, but all the Jets do is fucking kick few goals at this point. Yeah. Zach fucking Wilson. If, that's what, that's what if you Brees want, though, right? not against 60 yard running touchdowns, it's going to be he gets 35 yards runs and then he puts him in field goal range. And because that goes and sucks, Greg Jerline just reaps the benefits. Yeah. Speaking that's, of yeah. sucks, this nope. is a 16 13 game right now as we wrap up the show. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a lot of uh, bend don't break. It's been a lot of the offense can't go anywhere after they get to, after they get into field goal range. One touchdown this game, two touchdowns this game. Deontay and DeAndre have themselves up over 10 PPR points, and then it's Henry and Harris and nothing else. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a Thursday night game. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Jalen, yeah, no, seven, eight, nine. Jalen Warren's about at 10 points, too. Deontay Johnson touchdown come here on this drive. I can see it already. I can feel it. Are you predicting, Ryan, that he gets a touchdown? I need a touchdown because I put him in like multiple starting lineups with all these hopes of he's gonna be really good. He's not doing bad though. Five for fifty-five right now. Ten point five is fine for floor. That's what you're expecting out of Deontay. You don't you don't put him in there expecting upside, right? No, I was just hoping. I like dreams. I do like the dream. Right? Indeed. They're fun. All right, we're done. We're done. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be back next week. Okay, bye. Bye. See ya.